You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm your host, NYSAC's multimedia specialist, Kate Pierce-Nims. We're joined today by Risa Domino, Managing Principal at Resource Recycling Systems and Managing Partner at the Signal Fire Group, to talk about carpet stewardship and extended producer responsibility programs on the horizon for New York State. Thank you so much for joining us to have this conversation today. Thank you for having me. Great. So to get us started, counties have been hearing about product stewardship and extended producer responsibility, also known as EPR, uh, for several years now. Can you explain what those terms mean? Yeah. So extended producer responsibility is a policy approach that requires the manufacturer of a product or um, to take responsibility for that product or its packaging at the end of its useful life. And um, that responsibility can be financial, it can be operational, or often it's a combination of the two. Product stewardship is a similar approach. Um, Product stewardship is typically used for more voluntary um, applications and extended producer responsibility is used when we mean mandates or state policy. Great. So do we have uh, products with stewardship programs in New York State already? And can you go over what some of those are? Sure, yeah. Um, The earliest product stewardship and EPR policy is actually from before we use that terminology, and that's the bottle bill, where you pay a nickel deposit um, and get your material back. The distributors of beverages are responsible for collecting and recycling those beverage containers um, as a part of that. Uh, as a part of that program. So that's the oldest um, program we have in place uh, that requires that product stewardship or extended producer responsibility. More recently, we've established EPR programs for electronics, for mercury thermostats, for rechargeable batteries. Um, And new this year, we have uh, paint product stewardship coming into play and also um, pharmaceuticals. And uh, so the carpet bill just passed this year. We're hoping it'll be signed pretty soon. And uh, and then we'll add carpets to the list of materials under EPR um, in New York. Great. NYSEC has long been a proponent of EPR to protect the environment and save taxpayers money. Can you talk about the benefits of product stewardship for the environment, local governments, and taxpayers? Sure, yeah. I mean, one of the benefits of EPR is that it provides a dedicated funding source and a dedicated management system to to improve the recycling or better manage uh, problem materials and packages. So, um, you know, you all know better than anyone the challenges that local governments face in meeting the various uh, requirements for public health um, and environmental protection. Um, you know, recycling and waste management programs may not always be at the top of the list, and they're competing with really important things like police and fire um, and other really important local services. And what what EPR does is it provides that dedicated funding stream um, and dedicated management system to make sure that these materials are properly managed and are recycled where possible, not at the expense of the taxpayer. Um, And so that um, not only reduces the burden on ratepayers and taxpayers and local governments to manage those programs, it also um, improves the environment because when we have an accountable entity like the producer of that package that needs to set up an appropriate management system, we can set some some ground rules and some guardrails around how those materials are managed and make sure that 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 material is managed to its highest and best use. So in the case of electronics, that means 
um, you know, making sure those materials are recycled um, responsibly to make sure those materials get back into the economy. Um, same with rechargeable batteries. In the case of things like mercury thermostats and pharmaceuticals, we wanna really carefully handle those materials and make sure that they don't pose an environmental hazard um, as they are uh, put through the waste disposal system. Right, that's a serious concern there is for those products. We wanna make sure that those are handled correctly. So can we talk a little bit about, um, refocus on carpet stewardship. Why did state lawmakers and advocates decide that we needed an EPR program for carpets specifically? So um, carpets are a problematic material um, for local governments and businesses to handle because they're bulky um, and they're difficult to manage. They're expensive to handle. Um, they don't process well in a waste to energy facility. They're tough to landfill. Um, they do have value as recyclables, but they don't. So you can actually recover and recycle the fiber in carpets um, and turn that back into new products. But the value of that recycled material isn't enough to cover the cost of, um, of collection, sorting, and processing. So it's a problem to manage in the disposal system. Um, it has opportunity as a recyclable we need a system in place that will get it out of the disposal into the recycling stream and EPR offers that um, both financially and operationally. So financially requiring the manufacturers of carpet to pay for um, the cost of setting up the collection, sorting, processing infrastructure um, uh, and operationally requiring that producers um, uh, set up that system and operate it uh, to make sure that that material is properly managed. Thank you for that answer. Uh, we'll be right back to the conversation after we hear a brief message about a sponsor of NYSEX. Intellipure is reimagining the world as a better, safer place with innovative air purification technologies. Located in central New York, Intellipure has been at the forefront of breakthroughs, developing revolutionary solutions for all indoor air quality situations. They are proudly trusted in nearly every industry, including hospitality, healthcare, real estate, and education. For more information on comprehensive air purification solutions, visit Intellipure.com. So the New York State Climate Action Council recommended establishing a carpet EPR program as part of their draft scoping plan for meeting the Climate Act goals. Can you explain how this legislation connects to climate change? Yeah, so um, when we recycle materials um, and we use those recycled materials in place of virgin materials, um, we reduce the use of, of greenhouse gases or the emission of greenhouse gases in the production of that virgin material. So, um, so we do get some benefit, uh, some greenhouse gas benefit from taking materials out of the landfill or the waste to energy facility and recycling them. But the real benefit comes when uh, we replace a virgin material with a recycled material. You know, Carpets are pretty energy intensive and material intensive to produce. So when we're able to um, replace those virgin materials used in carpets with recycled materials, we get a pretty significant gain. So um, our calculations are for every ton of carpet we recycle, 
we save the equivalent greenhouse gases of taking a car off the road for six months. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we will through this, through this program, um, recycle hundreds of thousands of tons of carpet every year. Um, so we're looking at uh, probably more than 30,000 cars off the road um, every year equivalent. So it's pretty significant impact. And again, the main impact comes from um, not from just taking that material out of the landfill and the waste to energy facility, but actually recycling it into a new product and reducing our demand for um, virgin plastic to make carpet uh, that draws on natural gas, um, draws on oil, and that sort of thing. Right. So as you were saying, just one car off the road for six months, I'm like, oh, okay, that's nothing. But then when you think of just how much carpet is used um, it, everywhere across the entire state, so that's a huge impact. Assuming that this legislation is signed into law, um, how will this carpet stewardship program work? Can you run us through a bit of the nuts and bolts and how long it'll take to get up and running? Sure, yeah. So um, so the law sets out some pretty good um, performance targets um, that guide the development of the program. So um, the producers of carpets, and there's really, you know, only three or four major uh, carpet manufacturers, um, they are going to be required to set up a system to collect and process um, uh, carpet for recycling. That system has to be convenient. Um, so everyone in the state has to have ready access to a, a drop-off location for carpet. Um, and that system has to achieve certain recycling goals. Um, so not only that we collect a certain amount of material, but that uh, a proportion of that material is actually turned back into new carpet and to, into new products. So, so the performance targets in the, in the legislation are terrific and they're gonna guide that implementation as we move forward. And how that kind of works is that the producers of the carpet will get together and they'll come up with a plan and they'll say, okay, we have to meet this goal by this date and here's how we're going to do it. We're going to set up collection sites in these places. We're going to partner with these retailers and these local governments. Um, the carpet recyclers, um, who we at Signal Fire work really closely with, are ready to come into New York and establish new facilities to consolidate, sort, and process carpets um, to get it ready for the end markets. So the, the, the manufacturers will make arrangements with those recyclers, they'll establish their facilities, um, and this network will be up and running um, within a couple of years time. And then um, the DEC and the carpet, carpet manufacturers will be responsible for making sure that folks within the state know that this is how materials should be handled. Um, retailers who install carpets would uh, then have a ready way to take those carpet back um, and get them into the recycling stream. Um, so, uh, so we should have an efficient and effective convenient um, system for collecting carpet statewide within a couple years time. And once this system is set up, it sounds like it'll be really streamlined. It should be, yeah. I mean, that's the the, the benefit of extended producer responsibility is um, by putting this responsibility on the manufacturers of the materials themselves. They understand what their products are made from. They know um, how they can be recovered. They know who they can work with to get it done. And they're going to do it as efficiently as possible. The important piece um, in this and other EPR policy is to make sure that the legislation has strong enough goals and targets so that we're driving people to really high performance 
Um, and that I think this bill does really well by setting both convenience standards for how much collection needs to be available and also performance standards in terms of how much they need to collect for recycling and um, how that material gets used um, at the end of its useful life. Great. I think of like the convenience of use of, for example, the bottle bill is like how you know that there are so many different places to bring your bottles back to and to get your deposit back, that sort of thing, how convenient that is. Um, and electronics recycling, that's becoming more and more commonplace throughout the counties of New York State. So a question that I had um, as we're going through this, are there any other states that have carpet stewardship programs like this one that New York is implementing? And how successful have those been? So California is the only state that has carpet extended producer responsibility to date. Um, and it's been successful. It just hit a 34% recycling rate this year or this past year. Um, so, uh, so it's been successful. It's been challenging in California in part because the legislation that established the programs didn't have those strong targets and guardrails that we have in New York. Um, so it's definitely been a little bit rockier um, in terms of implementation in California than we expect it to be here. Um, but we learned a lot from the challenges that they had in implementing there to really develop good strong policy in New York um, that should get to that 34% rate or more um, pretty quickly. And then based on the success of the program in New York, then that can be used to implement other programs in other right. states. And the lessons learned from this process will help us with other extended producer responsibility initiatives. Exactly. So, you know, we, we've learned, um, I think it's been more than 10 years, it's been about 12 years since we did electronics. There were certainly some challenges in that program. We've learned from those. Um, and we've we've built those learnings into our new programs. And similarly, um, we'll learn from this as we move forward. Um, and other states are watching. Illinois is actively considering carpet EPR um, right now, and we expect other states to follow suit as well. Great. So this legislation also includes a ban on the sale of carpets that contain or are treated with PFAS, or these forever chemicals. Why was this important to include and when will this ban go into effect? Um, so uh, it's an important policy goal for New York and many other states to get chemicals, these forever chemicals like PFAS out of commerce. Um, so in furtherance of that goal, we need to look at products like carpet that routinely utilize these chemicals for flame retardancy and other, um, other performance uh, factors. So, um, so it's really important as we're looking at uh, regulating carpet and, and developing a system around recycling carpet, we want to move these materials out of uh, the carpet stream. We don't want them necessarily recycled with carpet in perpetuity, right? We want to get them out of commerce. So um, it was an important thing to incorporate as we were looking at other factors like incorporating recycled content in carpet and other design factors. Um, the uh, phase out of PFAS uh, fully goes into effect at the end of 2024. So by 2025, that material should be completely out of carpet um, in New York. Great. That's a pretty quick turnaround as we're already halfway through 2022. So great. that's great. So at the time of this recording, the legislation has been passed by both houses of the state legislature. And the next step is for the bill to be delivered to the governor for her signature. Are you optimistic that this legislation will be signed into law? 
Yes, I am optimistic. I think, um, you know, it's pretty clear that the legislation provides terrific environmental benefit. It also provides great economic benefit, not only um, reducing uh, costs for local governments and businesses, uh, but also creating an opportunity for new business. Um, as I mentioned, the carpet recyclers are very um, uh, ready, willing, and able to come into New York and establish their business operations. So um, there's really a lot of good reason to get this done. I think the administration, um, you know, has some uh, concerns. They may be looking for a chapter amendment or things of that nature. Um, I don't think it's anything um, that can't be worked through. And so we're looking forward to working with the administration and the legislature um, to get an agreement, um, get it signed and start working on implementation. Fantastic. So as we're coming to the end of our conversation here, is there anything that you would like to discuss with the county officials throughout the New York State about extended producer responsibility or about stewardship programs in general? Anything that you think that we should be aware of or that is worth further discussing? Well, I do want to um, really thank NISAC for playing such an important role um, on, on this issue over the past number of years and uh, really taking this on um, as a key strategy moving forward. Um, it is critical that we improve recycling um, and waste management strategies in New York. And it's also critical that that not be done on the backs of taxpayers and ratepayers around the state. And so um, really pleased that NISAC has embraced that message. And, um, and I think we have really enjoyed the, the partnership and um, helping to sort of uh, understand. Um, I often work from the recycler's perspective or from the policy perspective. Um, and it's really helpful for un us to really understand the local government perspective and needs as we go through these processes. And as we were saying earlier, um, you know, we're learning as we go. Every time we do one of these programs, we learn something new that we bring into the next policymaking process. Um, and so we definitely wanna keep hearing from folks um, at the local government level about what's working, what isn't, what the challenges are, what's the next product you wanna see us um, tackle. Um, and uh, I also want to give a shout out to the New York Product Stewardship Council, which I'm on the board of, um, that works really closely with NISAC on these issues. And the Product Stewardship Council um, represents largely local governments as well as other stakeholders in the state um, that are dedicated to moving product stewardship policy forward as a way of furthering um, recycling and uh, improving materials management in the state. Um, and so we're really looking forward to continuing that partnership between NISAC and the council. Um, and we'd love feedback on what the what the most challenging products are for you. We're, we're uh, all uh, still really focused on packaging, which is uh, the next big thing um, and hoping to continue on working on that next year. Um, but there are also a ton of other products and packages that I'm sure are creating challenges for you. So just encourage that feedback. Um, through NISAC or through the council to let us know what you want us to be focusing on next. Great. Carpets today, something else tomorrow, right? So Absolutely. great. Well, thank you so very much for joining us again for our listeners today. We've been joined by Risa Domino from Resource Recycling Systems and Signal Fire Group. And we look forward to hearing more about what you would like to see on the horizon for extended producer responsibility.
Thanks for listening to this episode of County Conversations, brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. We hope that you will continue to enjoy these county government-focused conversations, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.